0: Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Tara Lynn. As many viewers may already know, the Public School Forum of North Carolina's president and executive director, Keith Poston, has resigned from his position in order to focus on personal family matters. I look forward to serving as guest host of Education Matters for the next couple of weeks. Well, every day, youth attend after school, before school, and summer learning programs across North Carolina. They are engaging in activities like STEM, physical fitness, literacy, and civic education, just to name a few. The NC Center for After School Programs serves as a statewide after school network that advocates for, supports, and convenes this diverse field of professionals to ensure that youth across North Carolina have access to high quality programs that are outside of the regular school day. Today, we will talk with the center's director as well as two directors of 21st century community learning centers the only federally funded initiative dedicated exclusively to supporting local after school before school and summer learning programs before we tackle our main topics we open with headlines our quick scan of education headlines across north carolina and the united states Last week, a WUNC radio report described how state superintendent Mark Johnson has sent many high quality promotional materials during his tenure to schools and parents, prompting questions about whether or not he is using tax dollars intended for instruction on his own campaign instead. A departure from how previous state superintendents communicated with the public, Johnson says it is his job to promote the good things going on in schools across North Carolina and that the materials will not be used for a potential reelection campaign. The Department of Public Instruction has not answered questions yet about how much those printed materials have cost taxpayers. Months now after a July 1st deadline has come and gone, teachers hoping for raises this year may see a mini-budget compromise come from lawmakers soon. Last week, House Speaker Tim Moore said that he would soon roll out a proposal for teacher raises separate from a full budget compromise that is still hanging in limbo. Moore said that he hopes to offer raises that would exceed the 2 percent raise for teachers that the House and Senate proposed in their budget last summer, which Governor Cooper vetoed in part because he said the raises were too small. At this month's State Board of Education meeting, Superintendent Mark Johnson said that teachers could email him directly to ask for iPads for their classrooms, prompting criticism from state board members and the public that the superintendent had not implemented a fair and organized system for distributing the technology. Last week, Johnson announced that he will now require teachers to fill out an application requesting those iPads in which they must explain why they need them and how they will measure the impact on their students. Now, remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click Education Matters, and read more about each of these headlines as well as other topics that we cover each week. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show today, we're going to take a look at the impact of after school programs and the impact that they have on the lives of youth, both nationally as well as across the state of North Carolina. Joining us this week to discuss this is the director of the Center for After School Programs and two 21st Century Community Learning Center directors. And again, these are the only federally funded uh, source dedicated to exclusively supporting these after school, before school and summer programs. First, though, the Public School Forum Center for After School Programs celebrated the 20th anniversary of Lights On After School with North Carolina's First Lady, Kristen Cooper, and Dr. Terry Peterson, chairperson of the board of directors of the After School Alliance. They did this at the executive mansion in downtown Raleigh. Let's take a look.
1: Light on After School is the only nationwide event that celebrates after school programs and their important role in the lives of youth, families, and communities. Today and throughout the month of October, thousands of programs within our state and across the nation will open their doors to the local community to share with them the many ways that youth learn by doing every day through programs. To the youth of our state that are here today, here because in your after-school program, you found a place where you belong. You found a place where your passion has been ignited and where you can thrive. Young people who participate in quality, engaging after-school programs, art, music, STEM, robotics, all kinds of opportunities can happen.
0: Lights On after-school promotes the importance of quality after-school programs in the lives of children, families, and communities. Now, therefore, I, Roy Cooper, governor of the state of North Carolina, do hereby proclaim October 24th, 2019, as keeping the lights on after school day in North Carolina and commend its observance to all citizens. Now, what a great event, and I would like to introduce Dr. Sharonda Fleming, who has been the center's director since 2017. Dr. Fleming, we certainly thank you for being with us. Thank you for
1: having me, Tara.
0: Now, I know some people may or may not be familiar with the center and some of the, the roles that it plays here in North Carolina. What exactly does the center do?
1: Absolutely. So the North Carolina Center for After School Programs has been in existence since 2002. It is one of 50 statewide after school networks across the nation, and so there's essentially one in every state. And in North Carolina, we advocate, convene, and support the work of our after-school, before-school, and summer program providers across the state. And our hope and our mission is that youth across North Carolina, all of them have access to high quality programs regardless of the zip code. And I was going
0: to say, what are what are some of the ranges that we see? I mean, there are all different types of programs and we're not just talking about uh, you know those that might be um, for one type of student, but these are any sort of after school program across the state, correct?
1: Absolutely. So our programs across the state serve youth K-12. through So there are students in our K-12 education system um, and they do a range of things. Anything from mentoring to literacy to STEM, we tailor our programs to the needs and interests of our youth.
0: And I know you guys just had the 20th celebration, or this month is going to be the 20th celebration for the Lights On After School. We got to see mm-hmm. um, some of that with the First Lady participating there. W- what is what is this celebration
1: exactly about and, and what does it bring light to? Absolutely. So we've been celebrating Lights On After School since 2000. So this is year 20. And it is the only nationwide celebration that acknowledges the role of our programs in the lives of youth, families, and communities. And so within North Carolina and with Across the nation, actually, our programs are opening their doors throughout the month, and particularly next Thursday, October 24th, and inviting the community to come in and see the great work that our programs are doing. So it's a way to lift up those programs that are doing exemplary work across the nation, but it's also an opportunity to show the gaps and where there's more need for programs. And what, uh, were you able to speak with the First Lady?
0: I know, again, we got to see some of that video and um, the the governor's office getting involved in in bringing light to this. Uh, what do you, what sort of conversations were had there at the governor's mansion? Absolutely,
1: so when we had the celebration on Tuesday, this was an opportunity for North Carolina to celebrate Lights One After School for a statewide event. And so with First Lady Cooper, she read the proclamation making October 24th art statewide Lights One After School Day, and she was able to talk to some of our program providers who've received awards from the Center for After School Programs. They are after-school champions, so they're doing exemplary, exemplary work in their communities, and they were able to bring some of their youth from their programs. And so as you saw from the footage, the kids were having a great time talking to First Lady Cooper about the things that they're learning, and they were able to tell her their future aspirations as well. And no
0: doubt a very memorable and very cool experience for yes. them. What, uh, what do you see as one of the main benefits for these programs? I mean, where would these children be if they weren't there before school or after school or in the summer.
1: Yes. So there are lots of benefits to our programs. You know, we do a lot of work in regards to helping kids develop social skills. We also are preparing them for the workforce. A lot of them are exposed um, and gain new excitement about learning within programs. They're able to do more hands-on projects. Um, They're able to feel like they belong somewhere. Um, And for parents, it provides a place where they feel, they know their children are safe and secure. And so our children build relationships with our providers across the state and across the nation. Like they have that relationship with caring adult.
0: What's one of the biggest needs um, in order for students to be able to access? I mean, are there are there enough programs do you do we need more people
1: to volunteer more money to come in or all of it <laughs> definitely the biggest needs are, are related to funding so nationally for every one child that is in a program there's two that would participate if funding allowed and we're seeing that in rural communities those numbers are even more drastic for every one in a rural every one child that participates in a program in a rural community there's three waiting to get in and so it just highlights the fact that there's greater need and greater investment for these programs
0: I know, of course, uh, we do have some programs we're going to be able to speak with, too, uh, later in the show, who have uh, federally funded, uh, Mm -hmm. supported programs, um, and... You know, it's going to take a lot of money, so, you know, the, right. to be able to open the doors. What is, if the public says, you know, I, I think I want to invest in in these programs, what What do we see as a result of being able to invest in these programs? Yes.
1: So there's a huge return on investment for out-of-school time or after-school, before-school mm-hmm. and summer programs. So for every dollar that is invested into a program, you're going to see it, return three ways. Number one, you're going to see it increase youth's future earning potential. You're also going to see it improve their performance at school, and you're also going to see a reduction of their involvement in crime and juvenile delinquency. So investing in programs is, I think, a win.
0: And has there been any particular story uh, from over the summer or uh, a program that you just have a memorable moment of, of really seeing that child come in and really be able to blossom?
1: There are thousands of stories like that across North Carolina, and being a part of the center, we hear them all the time from our programs, but I think just the most recent memories was our one After School Celebration, seeing our youth from different uh, communities across the state come and meet First Lady Cooper and share with the, share with her their aspirations for their future and seeing, as you saw first, North Carolina show their robot, like it's just an amazing opportunity to see the passion on the kids' face. They light up.
0: And so, if there are parents out there who are like, you know, I really would love to get my kid in, in a program, and they're trying to figure out where, how to find out mm-hmm. about these programs and which ones they might be able to afford or which ones might be um, free to mm-hmm. apply to. Where can they get that information? I'm so glad you asked <laughs> that, Tara. So
1: the North Carolina Center for After School Funding um, Programs got funding last year, and so we actually have a statewide mapping database of -of out-of-school time programs, so anyone can go on our website, ncafterschool.org, and be able to access our mapping database. You can plug in your zip code and find existing programs that serve. You can look by grade level, uh, interest if you have a child that's interested in STEM or mentoring, you can select that and be able to see the programs that are available in your area.
0: And of course, as uh, we see things get more expensive and parents having to work maybe longer hours, Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be Still that uh, that greater need so dr. Sharonda Fleming we thank you so much for being with us and the thank work you. that you're doing in North Carolina thank you all right after a brief a brief commercial break we will be back to continue our discussion with two after-school program providers in Gaston and Hyde counties but first see if you can answer this question in North Carolina 74 percent of after-school before-school and summer programs are incorporating this in their programs. Which one do you think it is? We'll have the answer when we come back.
1: Education
2: Matters is brought to you each week in part by Paragon Bank. Serving others, enriching lives.
0: Welcome back to Education Matters. Well, did you correctly answer C, science, technology, engineering, and math, also known as STEM? The North Carolina Center for After School Programs released the report, The Power of After School in North Carolina, in the fall of 2018. In this report, data from the center's mapping database of out of school time programs indicated that STEM was frequently incorporated into programs across the state. In fact, 74% of programs incorporate some form of science, technology, engineering, and math in their programs now joining us now we have two directors of 21st century community learning centers to share with us the value of their programs for youth families as well as the community so we have nancy leach director of student services in hyde county schools as well as roxanne jemison the director of the dream center academy in gaston county thank you guys both for joining us thank you for having us roxanne i'm going to start with you with the the dream center tell me a little bit about uh your program who it serves and uh, some of the benefits that the students and
3: families get okay we are in Gaston County. We have we are a fairly new program. We opened our doors to our first class of students a couple of summers ago. We serve students from the time they enter sixth grade through their high, middle school and high school years until they graduate high school, college, and career ready. We offer year-round programming for our students. We offer a summer program with five weeks of um, school from eight to three every day with academic classes in the morning enrichment clubs in the afternoon then we pick back up when school starts and provide after-school services that continue to build our students academically and socially so that they can own their education and
2: Nancy in Hyde County uh, tell me a little bit about your program you guys go all the way K through 12 we do and we serve um, two different sites so one of them is on the mainland of Hyde County Um, that's a tremendous county and it's um, you know, one of the largest counties geographically in the state of North Carolina with the fewest people. (laughs) And then we have a little strip of land out on the Outer Banks and that's Ocracoke Island and that's where our other um, center is. And do you
0: guys focus on a particular area? Is
2: it, you know, everything
0: STEM or do you, are you guys able to have a little bit? We have a little bit of
2: everything. We really do because we serve such a broad range of students. So we,
0: and yeah. both of your programs unique in that because they are uh, they are the 21st century sort of learning centers, meaning mm-hmm. that they are um, federally funded. So certainly, um, I would imagine if the if these doors weren't open, I mean, especially during the summer, eight to three, not a lot of parents all the time can afford to have that sort of summer uh, care for their mm-hmm. students. Where would some where would these students be if they didn't have the Dream Center? Mm-hmm
3: well for one thing we serve the underserved population of students which is teens with the dream center academy so our students would likely be at home on social media mm-hmm. watching tv or hanging out on the streets but what we provide for them is not only a safe and secure place to come and learn but we offer them all kinds of enrichment activities we take them on field trips we do college tours um, we um, have that programming provided throughout the year for them and it keeps them engaged in learning and growing themselves as learners throughout the year. And of course,
0: having a safe place to be, which really became important for uh, Hyde County. You mm-hmm. guys, uh, of course, we're still in the middle of hurricane season, Hurricane Dorian having a big effect. Tell me a little bit about what, what that was like to uh, be able to pr- keep the doors open during that time.
2: Yeah, so um, the, the hurricane affected all of Hyde County, but really devastated Ocracoke mm-hmm. Island and um, the school there was flooded so um, and that's usually where we have the after-school program but even the tutors who um, work for the program stepped up and said what can we do for the children what can we do for them during this time so many homes were flooded and um, I think over 400 homes had damage there so a lot of those homes were teacher homes and student homes Um, so what we did is uh, provided programming enrichment programming um, during the day for those students and um, we also DPI allowed us to take a field trip, an impromptu field trip. (laughs) You usually (laughs) have to plan way ahead but um, they allowed us to go to Astro Camp and so we had our third through fifth graders there and it made everyone so happy knowing that they were safe and not only just safe but engaged and learning and happy as they could be. Meanwhile many of the parents you know that their house is
0: flooded and, and in right. disrepair yeah. and they've got uh, the ability to be somewhere where they uh, feel like they are, um, they are safe. Mm-hmm. Now, Roxanne, with the dream center Academy, I know you guys we talked a little bit about serving the, the middle and the high school um, programs. What are, uh, or middle and high school students, what is, what are some of the services that you guys are able to provide? I know uh, you mentioned college tours. I mean, and, and that could be a huge, um, really disadvantage, I guess, for mm-hmm. some of those
3: students in the lower income area. Right. So our vision for our program is that we graduate our students college and career ready and that they graduate and become productive citizens of their community. And so our program provides lots of enrichment activities. Our enrichment clubs include things like building and flying drones, coding uh, for uh, computer programming. We have the arts, music, keyboarding has been taught with our after school academy. Um, drama classes, just all types of exposures that students may not have if they did not attend the academy.
0: And I know uh, we talked about of course being able to do things like space camp um, Mm -hmm. and uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of those other activities and also how you are able to bring in the families?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Well we have monthly um, parent involvement opportunities Um, so that could be something as simple as a yoga class or a nature walk. Um, We've also done STEM fair prep nights where we invite the parents to come in and learn about what a STEM fair project looks like and how they could be involved with their student um, you know, and help them along the way. A lot of parents don't even know what that is and um, so the, the students suffer for that because some parents do and some parents don't. And then we provide some materials and that's really simple materials like just some cardboard that we recycle and, and help them get started with their projects. So I think parents have really appreciated those opportunities um, because it is a mystery how to connect with these <laughs> digital children <laughs> just in the digital yes. age. You know. We were not building drones back when, right. uh, you know, I was I was
0: in school. And Roxanne, I know your program, you guys also have some special forums where you're able to bring in the parents. It's not just, um, you know, just helping the students, but really bringing the family together, correct?
3: Right, we do. We also provide the monthly programming for our parents, and that's driven by their needs and their suggestions. We make sure that there's opportunities that we meet with the parents just in a social event so we provide two celebrations a year one around christmas time another in the summer um other um Uh, The other thing that we hold ourselves accountable for is providing that ongoing communication. Not just to communicate about a problem a child is having, but to communicate so that we're building relationships with our families and that we can share good news about our students. And what that does is it creates a bond with us and our families that helps us to support our students.
0: Mm -hmm. And do you see... uh, you guys being able to expand those programs or would that require some more you know funding whether it comes federally
2: grant or or private and public I always feel like we're expanding our Mm -hmm. program (laughs) on a daily basis and trying to figure out how to do that Mm -hmm. Um, one thing is a volunteer base creating that volunteer base is really important to us Mm -hmm. what
0: would be one thing I guess that could help really uh, expand
2: things
3: we also um, would need extra funding to create a new site but we are a fairly new program we're 2 years in operation so we're expanding our program every year because we we start our students in 6th grade and we add a new class every year so that means every year For instance, our first class is now eighth graders. Next year, there'll be ninth graders. So we continue to grow our program and how it will look for our high school students in this upcoming year.
0: So lots of opportunities for students and of course, volunteers and the community to get involved. So Roxanne and Nancy, thank you guys so much for being with us. Thank you. Well, after the break, we will have a look at this week's final word. For our final word today, I want to share a video about the Dream Center Academy. This is the afterschool program that our guest, Roxanne Jemison, operates in Gaston County. This video showcases just how an after-school program can not only be the foundation necessary for a child to succeed in school, but also one that helps them to achieve their dreams and change the lives of those in their communities, too.
1: We've got so many assets
0: in our community but the greatest asset we have are our students. Right. And so our goal really is just to give them the opportunity to see exactly who they really are and who they really can become.
2: What do you want to be when you grow up?
1: Um, I want to be a faculty. What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a lawyer. I'm going to be the president of the United States of America.
0: When you have a rocket for that rocket to really go into space, it's got to have a platform that is stable, that's able to, to give that rocket the place where it can lift. And so we want to be that platform. Excitement, it's contagious. Passion is contagious. And if we get these students in a place of passion, all that's going to happen is their
2: passion would them to
3: The goal is not just to prepare them for college. If it was that, then we're only investing in their life. If they go through our program and they choose not to go to college, but they become productive citizens of this community and they give back to this community, then we've reached our goal with that child.
0: And so when I hear the word Dream Academy, I think that goal of getting them to dream and understand the web of a dream is tied with its resources that surrounds them. It's a catch-all. It's a net that really... I think it helps to keep them moving forward with that and make that dream uh, a reality, not just for them, but for the
2: world that is depending on them.
0: That's it for this week's show. Thank you so much for watching, and we, we will see you next time for Education Matters.